Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, listeners. Listen, you're live with Apostle John L. Solomon, the lion among lions in the lion's den. It is my purpose today to bring you strength. Check this out. It's been a minute, but guess what? We're back in it to win it. Strength from the lion's den is a compelling talk show that discusses life's difficult situations through relevant topics, important issues, and empowerment from a biblical perspective. The lion's den will bring you the energy of encouragement, transcending godly wisdom, the efficacy of knowledge and education, but primarily strength to the weary in the life from the sourcehood of our connection with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So you know what I need you to do right now. Go ahead and roar. I said, come on, roar, let it out. Roar for your power. I said, roar for your power. Come on, roar for your prosperity. Come on, roar. There you go. Uh-oh, that's a hungry lion. Hey, y'all feed the lion? Listen, come on, roar for your family. Roar for what you need. Come on, let that roar out and let your voice be recognized and heard. Man, I'm so excited today, huh? Listen, uh, you, you, you can't, you, you, you're going to just love who I have in the studio today. Listen, most love to hear a secret, but the regret comes when the secret is shared. The secret normally reveals something wrong, something painful, embarrassing, you know? But guess what? That secret can be a victim for the person to be trapped with nowhere to escape or it can be a pathway to purpose. Uh, I got somebody in the building, in the studio today, who's going to break that down. She lives, she has lived an extraordinary life, and she wrote a fascinating book. Wait, let, let, let me just read about it. Let me read about it. Right, y'all, y'all listen. I'm going to read about it to you. Uh, my guest is a native of Macon, Georgia. She started creating short stories at the age of nine years old through writing stories and reading books. Were put on though, though writing stories and reading books were put on the back burner for a period of time, her love for the literary world remained. In the return of her dream to write, after working for Corporate America for many years, she was balling. She uh, earned a BS in business and information technology from Middle Georgia State University and excelled as a top graduate with a with a MFA in creative writing from the University of Texas at El Paso, where she completed her debut novel, Escape from Wonderland. She's a proclaimed French, she's a self-proclaimed feminist writer, as well as started a writer's editing business in her hometown. She is also the proud mother of a son, Dextroyce, a daughter, Cameron, a grandson, Zion. Come on, I'm giving to you the amazing, the magnificent, Crystal D. Penniman. Come on. Come on. Woo. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Crystal, we're glad to have you in the house today. How you doing? I'm excellent. I'm, I'm so honored to be in the house today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh man, you are you are so welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm glad you're here. Listen, hey, can I can I can I hear a round of applause for? Give it up. 
give it up. All right, all right. That's how we do. Thank you. <laughs> all right, Chris, we're, we're excited about you today. Listen, hey, right out the gate, I just want to know what lit your fire to become a writer and uh, begin to have your books published. Because, you, know, uh, you know, that last part is important because many people write, but not a lot of people get the chance or the opportunity to publish their books. So what lit the fire in you to become a writer? Um, I think I've always had the fire. Um, you know, as you spoke, um, I've been wanting to. I've been writing since I was nine years old. I, I don't remember a time that I couldn't read or write or talk. So, with all of those aspects, just in my personality and my God-given personality, I think mm-hmm. it was just always in me, and and it's my gift. I know it's my gift. Um, I just went back to school to enhance it. So that you know, it's able. I was able to um, proclaim what needs to be proclaimed from the literary world side versus actually giving you know giving a story. And I've always mm-hmm. been a storyteller since I was itty bitty, itty bitty girl. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, as a matter of fact, you mentioned yeah. my book. You know, you mentioned my book. My grandmother used to say all the time. In um, my grandmother passed in 2015. Um, Annie Penniman, she used to say that I could tell lies all the way from Georgia to Kentucky, not knowing that I was just a storyteller. <laughs> well, you know what? That that's that's unique. That's unique that you were able to recognize that gift at a, at a young age. Because the Bible said, "Train them up in the way they should go," and when they're old, they won't depart. Sometimes we don't, as adults, they don't recognize. You know, another mm-hmm. way that, that that you're bending in a direction. Like a a, a, a bossy a bossy kid is not necessarily bought just bossy to be bossy. That may be that leadership quality that's recognized. So you know, at, at a young age, and you just Absolutely. have to have somebody there to uh, bring that out. I'm I'm glad yours was discovered and it came out. Uh, who who was instrumental in helping you know as a young child in bringing your stories out, or did you just sit and imagine or I'm just I'm just curious about that. Um, it it was it's just it's just my God. It, I think it's really just been my God-given gift because, mm-hmm. um, even though I I had a thing for books, I always did. Um, and I think that was seen early on when I shared time with my cousins and we were, I would play the librarian. I always played the librarian. Um, and I would write in books and sign them out and you know you know the whole librarian thing. Um, so it was just God-given. I don't think for the time that I was raised, you know, in the early 70s, that anybody really did much motivation or motivating of their of their mm-hmm. children, um, unfortunately. You kind of just fell into what you presented. Um, you know, if you, were, uh, if you were a musician, you know, you kind of just fell onto the piano that was in the house or, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, in the black community, unfortunately, you know, a, a girl who just likes books or want to write or want to read all the time, that was kind of odd, you know. So it, it was just a God-given gift that the training up that I didn't defer from was the fact mm-hmm. that I depended and leaned on God. They depended. My family, my grandmother, just depended on God to get me back there. And eventually it did because I stepped away from it for a lot, a lot of years. And that's because mm. of the stuff that was going on in my life at the time. But I had to come back because I was trained up in the way I was going, which was God's way. And you know, he, he didn't change. He didn't change my plan. I just had to come back to it. Okay, okay. I like that. That's that's good. And I like what you spoke about the gift too. When you're in the black community, when you're young like that, everybody was everybody weren't as enlightened and as uh, liberated as they are now. You know, people Correct. were trying to earn a living. They were trying to make it. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. So kudos to that. Uh, now, as an as a, a a prolific writer and a, a celebrated author, when was that moment you realized that you were a big time author? You know. <laughs> <laughs> when did it? Um, when did, when did that settle on when, you? Said when did it settle on you that you a big time author and you got it going on? You know. <laughs> let, let, let me. I have to. I actually have to go to when I got my master's degree. Um, I actually didn't go back to school to get any degree 
until I was okay. 36 years old. And, oh, and, and and pregnant with my second child, I um mm. I thought that my degree was supposed to be in business, which I do have a a, a bachelor's in business. I thought that was where I, I thought I was going to actually go into the fashion industry, believe it or not, because I like shoes, clothes, jewelry, all that. Okay, you, yeah, you count you count spiffy with it. You count spiffy with it. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and so it's so funny because the last semester that I was obtaining my bachelor's degree, I just was sitting in class one day, and I shared with my professor, and I'm going to get back to your question. I'll just kind of, kind of give you the history. No, you're fine. You're um, fine. Go right ahead. Um, but a professor of mine um, from Middle Georgia State University, Dr. Francisco Lopez, I was just sharing something with him, and he taught a class called Quantitative Methods, <laughs> which has nothing to do with writing whatsoever. And okay. I was just kind of standing okay. with him. He was like, okay, well, what are y'all going to do when you graduate? And I I shared with him my passion. I shared with him that I've always loved the literary, wor- literary world. And mm-hmm. he said, I have the perfect school for you. And he recommended and put me in contact with the University of Texas on the El Paso campus. And okay. from there, I said, that's what I'm going to do. It was no doubt. It was no backing up. It was no second thoughts. It was none of that. I knew that's the way I was going to go. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I guess I did my three years with, with um, um, uh, the University of Texas. I did my three mm-hmm. years. Um, the day of graduation, I had never been to Texas ever in my life. My family and I drove all the way to Texas in 24 hours for me to graduate with the university. Wow, you graduated, said, you graduated you graduated on campus. I graduated on campus, I marched. Okay. And okay. I was and I was determined to get there by any means necessary. But my family mm-hmm. actually escorted me to Texas and it took us twenty four hours to get there nonstop. We only stopped to eat and use the restroom. I had my little daughter with me, mm-hmm. so of course she would have to eat and use the restroom. But we kept going until we got there. And when we got there they kept insisting that I take pictures, and it's like, why? So I just thought it was like regular school day pictures, like in high school. Well, I went and took, went on the campus, got a chance to see the campus, and mm-hmm. um, that that evening, the next evening was graduation, and the president started to speak, and my picture popped up first on the on the Megatron and I'm and we're I'm sitting there like, oh my God, and they're all going, Man, that's you, that's you and I'm just like, wow. you know, couldn't believe it. And, and that and that um, was the moment. But that moment actually solidified when I produced to my school my thesis. The book mm-hmm. that I am putting out now came out of my thesis. And I took okay. the story out and the review that I got back from my professors was is stellar. I said stellar is more than extraordinary, superior. It is stellar is out of this world huge. And I right. knew then that I had chanced upon a piece of work that would be a literary contribution, you know, for the rest of my life and the legacy for my children. Wow, that's incredible. Well uh Crystal, give us the name of your book. I already know it but I just want you to say it for our listeners. The name of my book is called Escape from Wonderland. Wow. That 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 title itself just kind of, you know, maybe if you're familiar with Wonderland, then that right there mm-hmm. brings up a little bit of intrigue. Listen, we want to we want to talk more. We want to talk more to Kristen about her book. Listen, we got to go to break right quick. Hey, y'all hold on. Today, you yeah, you stream from the Lions Den. Your host Apostle John L. Solomon, the Lion Among Lions, and I'm talking to Miss Crystal Penniman today. Now, right, y'all hold on. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. 
Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through soundbites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. A lion leads. It's about having the courage to stand and fight for your life. Having the strength to go bravely in your own direction, even if others walk away. You tread your own path. Only you know what's best for you. Only you know what path to take. Only you know your courage, your strength, your heart. Everyone has the heart of the lion inside of them. Let it out. Let it scream out of you. Like the lion, unleash the beast in you. All right, all right. Listen, 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 listen. We are back. I'm Apostle John L. Solomon, and you're tuned in to Strength from the Lions Den. We're powered by We Inspire Network Radio, Win Radio, partnered with a good team of people at We Inspire Network. They just want us to win, and we want you to win, baby. I want to thank everyone who's tuning in tonight. You're the reason why we're here. And in the Lions Den today, tonight, I have my special guest, Ms. Crystal Penniman, the author the author of Escape from Wonderland. Crystal, again, we're glad to have you with us. Thank you again, John. Thank you so much. Oh, man, listen. Hey, we want to know a little bit about your book. Tell us, uh, can you give us a brief synopsis of your book and what's really going on? Okay, well, um, as the title alludes to Escape from Wonderland, it is um, a piece that is dealing with the dysfunction and the uh, mental disorder and um, and abuse um, of the protagonist uh, or the main character in the story. Um, you'll find in this also in the story that there's a pathology of abuse that um, unfortunately spans back a two of her generations. Um, but in the midst of this, she's having to determine whether she um will forgive her abuser and ultimately she's guided by her spiritual guide which I do feel that I can be a little mystical in my writing which I like that um that's okay. why I have some of the I have I have some of the, the mentors in my in, in my mind <laughs> but um mm-hmm. she she has to find her way to forgiveness and in the midst of it she's um inflicting pain upon herself which I'm trying not to tell you exactly what the book is about and, you know, everybody can get the book, but she does um, inflict pain on herself. And ultimately she gets the the opportunity spiritually to determine Mm -hmm. whether she's going to forgive it and and continue to exist in positivity or she has a a question in her head of whether she is actually meant to um, suffer and, and be abused spiritually as well for the rest of wow. her existence. Okay, uh, man, uh, Crystal. Hey, I call Crystal the big oak tree because she's like, she's the big oak tree to me. <laughs> you know, she, that's, she, you know, her, so, her and my wife in the same sorrow, so, you know, she's the big oak tree. Listen, uh, Crystal, you deal with, you deal with abuse in your, in your storyline, a mental illness, forgiveness, uh, self-hurt. That's some, uh, that's some very, uh, you know, for some people, those, those, those issues really hit home. Is it a fiction or a nonfiction book? It, it is fiction, um, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I have to quote. Um, I have to quote um, Sonia Sanchez. Um, she wrote in in this in this place called America, and she says, mm-hmm. and she says that my struggle and the struggle of others. For identity and liberation has influenced my imagination and the creativity of many writers. I found I wrote that in my thesis, um, and that that explains how there has to be something inside of the writer to be able to write something so in depth. Um, right. 
because as Zora Neale Hurston was quoted by Donovan Ramsey, she said, if you are silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. So in the midst of wait, 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 wait a minute. Stop the press. Say, say it again. Say it again. Okay. It's a quote from uh, Mr. Donovan Ramsey actually quoted Zora Neale Hurston, who is one of my mentors as well. And he quoted her saying, if you are silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. Wow. Now that, and so now that, now that, of, now that, that is very profound right there in, in and of itself. Because right. there's a lot of people who are, who have that, the, um, they're walking around with this hidden hurt. They're walking around in silence with these issues that you bring out, abuse, mental illness, forgiveness, self-hurt. And I, and I, I love the fact that you brought it out through a, a fiction book based on real feelings, real emotions. And uh, I think people can really relate to that, and they can really gravitate to that. Oh, man, right. that, that's, that, right. that's Absolutely. powerful. I mean, as a matter of fact, there's another famous writer by the name of Mario Vargas Llosa, and he wrote um, a, a book called Letters to um, a Young Novelist. And he, he's quoted to have said, all stories are rooted in the lives of those who write them. Experience is the source from which fiction flows. So in the midst of me writing Escape from Wonderland, though the incidents didn't happen specifically to me, I'm not um, a stranger to abuse, so I was mm-hmm. able to write the emotion of it um, because of my early, um, my early abuse starting at the age of mm-hmm. 15. Um, I was mm-hmm. able to do this coming-of-age novel with this young lady, and her name is Simone Harvey. That's the, that's the main character's name. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to put a lot of that emotion into the book, even though it wasn't my specific story. It was the mm-hmm. perception of the emotion that I was able to capture in the words. Wow. Now, did you did you relive, as you were writing, did you relive or uh, experience any type of flashback moments or anything during that? Um, in actuality, um, it, it kind of felt like a coulda, woulda, shoulda kind of situation for me because I okay. knew that it could have happened to me. I knew that if I had stayed in some of those situations that I found myself growing up in a little bit, that I would have mm-hmm. stayed in them. And by all means of, of being human, I should have. But thank God I did not necessarily experience these. Um, um, the, the protagonist in the book is a rape victim. Um, I was mm-hmm. never raped, per se, um, in that type of situation, though I, you know, have in, uh, had to endure um, some instances where it was not necessarily um, my will. So that mm-hmm. that perception of that pain was what I was able to um, go back and instill into the words of Simone's life. She became a living, a living, breathing person to me. So I was able to write okay. her story. So, so in essence, your writing it, it comes from a uh, the place it comes from is our real life experience, imagination, and inspiration. Is that a combination of all of them, or absolutely, and which one is most, which one which one is most dominant for you in your writing? In, in that type of a subject. Um, it's it's got to be enhanced by the emotions and the pains of life along with the imagination. You can't, all of it is just as important. And I believe that's why my professors called it stellar because I was able to touch on the emotion and pain of being abused as well as utilizing my my imagination in creating Simone's life, though it wasn't my specific situation. So I think it that, that's not that's not one um, the, the gift of mine is the imagination. The experience okay. of mine is the, is the feeling of pain and emotions. Um, so when you put those two together, they're, they're all just as important when you're aesthetically putting something together. Okay. Hey, well, tell me this. Uh, I, I wanted to know what was your writing process, but then I, I began to think a little deeper. Why do you write, Crystal? Do you um, do you do you just want to get your? You want to do? Do you have this burning passion to get your message out? Does Hollywood call you up and stroke that big check? 
to sit down and uh, <laughs> drop this gem for us? Or does, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, lightning hits your fingers and you start typing, you know, what? <laughs> why? Well, why? Now, what, let, what? Let's, well, let's be real about some things. The checks ain't no bad motivation, okay? If, if Hollywood calls, it will be available. So the check ain't a bad motivation. Hey, um, if but, Hollywood called me, I'm going to be up two, three days writing. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if the price uh, is right. You better act like you, act like you know. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but what inspires me is that I want to share my gift. I, I have this need to want to share my gift. I, I love the idea of exposing some truth and pain in hopes, mm. you know, that someone can see themselves and say, hey, I don't have to go this way, or hey, maybe I need to uh, go this way. Um, mm. And it's also, you know, therapeutic for me to be able to express myself because I was brought up in a time when black people didn't sit on the couch of a therapist. You see what I'm saying? So right, if I'm right. able to put it in my writing and expose those hurts and pains, then probably or hopefully, you know, it'll heal me in, in, in the midst of healing someone else. It's all about healing and, and, and exposing. And um, me, myself, at this stage of my life, especially with this Me Too stage or this Me Too um, thing that we're going through in our country, I am so big now on exposing the real deal. So maybe our young men and young women who abuse will get some kind of help, um, clergy, just your regular psychologist, psychiatrist. So there's a, there's a pain in, in abuse, and there's a pain okay. that's, that's making people walk around with it for years. Crystal, you, you, you have really... Uh... You've opened you've opened it up. I just really want to put a pin where you said you you talked about you know when you grew up in the time of that area when self expression for young black people was maybe clothing, music, clothing, music, dancing. Maybe you know the, it, it was not exactly being able to talk and get out your hurt and pain. And, and then you mentioned about the black community therapy. You know what? It's a lot of it's a lot of seventies and sixties. And even some agents, baby, who need some therapy. We walking around here, and, and you know, it, because it was so taboo. And, and you really hit on it. We were sitting on no couch. Right. We had the money. We had the money, and some of us didn't understand it, you know, because if you did, you was called crazy. But some Absolutely. of the ones who were calling them crazy were crazy. So I think you, I think it's really powerful that you touched on that pain. Uh, speak about mental illness in the black community and our need for therapy or to, or to get in front of a doctor. I think the biggest part of it is exposure, um, mm-hmm. and, and you've got to be real with it. I'm not afraid of my abusers anymore. I'm not afraid of what they'll do to me. I'm not afraid, but I lived a time when I did, and mm-hmm. the exposure is not just for the abused, but the abusers also need to expose whatever it is that's coming into them that's making them want to be little or demean another human being. Um, you know, it's just it's so it's so needed, and I know that we have Black Girls Rock and you know and all this kind of stuff. But what happened to the girls who are now my age and older who didn't get the Black Girls Rock benefit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm I'm actually interested in doing a nonprofit where I can get to those women, along mm-hmm. with collaborating some of the other people who are um, as well trying to to expose the pains that the, that especially the black women have gone through because unfortunately mm-hmm. if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. You know, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you that that's so powerful because one of one of our one of our shows one of our shows on this network deals with um it deals with abuse. It deals with abuse and uh you know, being mm-hmm. abused and because our our uh, one of our, our COO, she was a, a a victim of abuse, and she talks about mm-hmm. it. She talks about it in her show, Irene. You know, this prevention, standing up. Uh, it's called Reclaim, right. Excel, Illuminate, Grow, and Nurture. You know, and uh, that that's that's just powerful when you can go and face your perpetrators. Listen, we got We got to go to a break, man. This is really powerful. Uh, Hey, Sam from the Lions, here, your host, Apostle John L. Solomon, the Lion Among Lions. I'm here with my big oak tree, 
sister, author Crystal D. Penniman, Escaping the Hidden Hurt. Y'all hold on. We will be right back. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. Now many of you are trying to become millionaires on a middle class Why? You can't go to the next level on the same level. Why? Now, let me give you a quote from Ayn Rand. The question isn't, who is going to let me? It's who is going to stop me. Now, that's beast mode. I'd rather partner with somebody like that who's got a high school degree going all in than to partner with somebody from Harvard who's got a Ph.D. that's half-stepping, that's tiptoeing. Christopher Columbus said... You can never cross the ocean until you have the courage to lose sight of a shore. Going all in is faith displayed in action. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish has a wide level required to bring it about. Many of you are half-stepping because you doubt your own talent and ability. Now, the way to fix that is to shift your trust off yourself and onto God and His ability to make it happen. When you put your trust in the right place, all the hesitation you got will dissolve. If you're going to make a mistake, make it full speed. The question isn't who is going to let me. It's who's going to stop me. You see, champions are just average, everyday people who decided to put it on the line and go all in. All right, all right. We're back. Straight from the live then. I'm your host, John L. Solomon. We are powered by We Inspire Network Radio. Shout out to my CEO, uh, CEO Lloyd Bell, and my COO, Annie Bell. They're some good people doing great things. Uh, today in the Lions Den, we have with us uh, author Miss Crystal Penniman. Uh, her, her novel, her debut, her debut, not novel, her debut book, Escaping Wonderland, Escape from Wonderland. Crystal, we're blessed to have you here today. I'm blessed to be here. You dropping some gems. You dropping some gems on us. Did you finish that thought before we went to break? Were you finished? Because you was talking about uh, you was talking about exposing. You was talking about exposing that pain. Well, one particular thing you said about uh, not only does the victim needs therapy, but also the perpetrator too. Because oh, if right. uh, a, a, once a victim gets away from a perpetrator, the perpetrator just begins to look for his next victim. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, you have to think about it in the black community, especially the black man has already been so oppressed and suppressed in so many ways that mm-hmm. it's so hard to get him to see that maybe he needs help in that area. They were actually an abuser would justify why he did what he did and he'll blame it on his victim. And that's unfortunate. Um, right. Or either, or either he'll just go on in life. I mean, you got abusers who are just stand-up citizens in the community that you never would have known that they would even, you know, even think of doing anything like that. But right. you know, it, it's it's so funny, and I and I had to live through that. You know, I had to live through where, you know, my abuser was, you know, a top-notch dude in, in the community, and so mm-hmm. it was looking like it was almost as if I was telling a big lie. That's how I felt. And as you mentioned as you, as you mentioned to me too That's what's so powerful Because it allows the voice that was once Women years, of, years ago Maybe decades ago Who were not here Are now being able to you know hear And, and some people Some people are Some men get upset because it's like Okay what about us well, No 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 the women's voice has been silenced for a long time. I think mm-hmm. it even dates mm-hmm. back to the suffrage dates back to the suffrage movement, you know, as you mentioned, with uh with Susan B. Anthony and the other lady who 
really took a stand to uh, promote women's rights, you know. But right. I, I, th- I think it's so powerful that you have you can bring it out. You have to you you have to bring it out, and then if you, if you are a man, you have to check yourself. You know, it forces you to check yourself because for so long, women have been degraded and uh, abused and not giving the proper respect. So, you know, I, I appreciate I, you I just, for bringing I, I've that forward. Had the question. I've always had the question of, of why. You know, why is it when at the end of the day um, the black woman has stood by her black man? So, you know, even even when he's knocking her down, she's still right there next to his side on the ground, you know, in an in a unfortunate mm-hmm. way of putting it. But, you know, it's just, I'm I'm so excited because I feel like now the healing can begin with exposure. Right. It can begin mm-hmm. for everybody. Our black community, I don't think we realize how royal and how um, fantastic of a group of people, a race of people that we mm-hmm. are. Um, my character in my book is actually half white and half black because she's a product of race. But the black side of her is what excels in this book. And, you know, it, it, we, are, we are such a profound people. It, do they, yeah. you know, it's like I want to ask the question, do you not realize what God has placed in us? You know, not saying that anybody isn't, because my book, my book is not just for the black person. It is for the white person. I'm saying person because I don't want to say male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, I got you. But, well, you know, um, but it's just exposure. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you, well, what's so powerful is uh, that you do have this literary work of art uh, in the form of a, a, a writing, in the form of a, a book, and we're so excited for you. Now, you, I, 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 it didn't fall on deaf ears when you was quoting them different authors, so it lets me know that you're well-versed in the literary world of who's who. So, you know, I got to give you this Mount Rushmore. You know, it's famous, famously known for president. Well, let's let's stick some authors up there. Give me uh, give me four authors you want you you that you would put up on that Mount Rushmore. On my on my Mount Rushmore, I would have to say, um, I'm I'm motivated by a lot of different authors, but on my particular Mount Rushmore, it would be first me, of course. I would be you know, I would be crazy to put myself up there. But definitely Toni Morrison, um, you know, she's the author of Beloved, which, you know, ultimately became a movie, um, along with a, a lot of other books that, that she's written. Um, a Georgia native, Bernice McFadden, um, the latest book, I think, um, I, the last one I read of hers was uh, The Book of Harlan. Um, yeah, The Book of Harlan. Excellent, excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. And uh, mm-hmm. Mary Monroe, um, when I first started writing, I met her at the Maker Mall, and she and she, I, and uh, another writer here in Macon, uh, uh, Shana, Shana Burton, uh, were actually on in the newspaper, and I was writing under C. Lindsay at the time until I decided, you know what, my name is, 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 is good enough. But Mary Monroe, those would be my, my four. Me, Tony Morrison. You was writing under a pseudo? I was I was thinking about it and then I decided not okay. to. Okay. But um and if I could add like if they had a space for one more on that on that mountain, uh mm-hmm. I would have to add Cynthia Bond. She wrote her her uh, novel called Ruby and it was excellent. And I, the reason why they're so important to me and they and they they would be on my Mount Rushmore is because I relate to them so well because I have mm-hmm. a quirky for lack of a better way of saying it, I have a little quirky way of, of writing with a little bit of mysticism, sci-fi. I'll go into mm-hmm. the spiritual. I'll have ghosts. You know, I have I have stuff that's going to hold your attention in the book. Um, but hopefully, you know, it goes back to the premise of what the book is about, and, you know, you can actually see a lesson. But um, I would be remiss if I didn't um, also tell you that, of course, Zora Neale Hurston is one who motivates me. Alice Walker of The Color Purple. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Maya Angelou is actually um, my my aunt, grandmother, and all those different names that I hear they don't like to be called in my head. But she, I, I prayed to meet her before she went on the glory. But of course, she I carry her now. And um, mm-hmm. another new author by the name of Ayana Mathis, 
and she wrote she wrote the book The Twelve Tribes of Hattie. So all of those women, if I could have this big Mount Rush more than that, <laughs> Mount Rush more than that. Right, all of those writers would be on my mountain. Mm-mm-mm. Well, that that is that is incredible. That is incredible, Krista. Who um. Who keeps you? Who inspires you to write? You know, what, is there anybody in your life that encourages you or inspires you to write, and you know, you do it for? Um, I I, I like the idea of storing up for my generations to come, and so my children, um, my children is what gives me the motivation to leave my legacy. One thing about it is that if I don't put one dollar in a checking account to build on for them to have when I'm no longer here, my books mm-hmm. will stand forever. And um, yes. they have that from mama, grandmama. Well, I'm, I'm actually granny, but um, <laughs> they have that for me. Yeah, that, that's my legacy. Um, but as far as the, the, just motivating me to write, if I, mm-hmm. if I read a good book, if I see a good movie, I have to go write something. It's like, okay, but I, it's so funny because I can look at that movie that has nothing to do with my type of writing, and I can go mm-hmm. out there and, and start to write on something. Books have always inspired me to tell a story, always. Wow, that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a true, that's a true writer. Yeah, it doesn't take an individual all the time. Sometimes it just takes a really good piece of art somewhere else that to, mm-hmm. to just say, okay, it's time to go sit down. Um, okay. So, well, a lot well, of my other questions, that's, that's, uh, I'm sorry. No, no. Well, you know, a lot of times I get people on my show and, you know, I want to ask them, ask them, you know, I want them to tell the truth. And, you know, and I ask them questions and, you know, sometimes people won't answer the question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> so, so... So we got so you know that that that's something that's our, that's our truth that's our truth truth bring them out right there. Uh, what's the name? What's the name? Huh? What's the We you know we we ain't gonna we ain't gonna go too far behind the curtain, but I you know I I had a few people on here. I went behind the curtain. And I was like, oof, let me come from back behind the curtain because they were like, <laughs> hey, you you asked for it, you got it. So hey. Uh, were there any dark moments in your life that you hit the bottom and found and you found your way out? Um, it has to be the abuse. It has to be. Um, <laughs> um, I thought the first time I was abused, I was 15 years old. Um, so um, that lasted up until I was 21. Um, well, probably, you know, until about until I was about 21, I have to say, um, and then I. I had to come out fighting to, to save my life as well as mm-hmm. my child. So I had a child at that point. Um, so the dark moment was I didn't realize at the time that it was setting a stage or setting a platform for me because when I was younger, at, at the age of eight or nine years old, when I was just writing my little kitty stories, it was about sweet little stuff like love and the little right, sweet little right. dog and that kind of thing. So my writing yeah. style changed after um, the abuse, and um, I wasn't able to, to put it in paper or put it in words, but it always stayed in my head, and so when mm-hmm. I was able to express it, I was able to express it, so I would have to say that, that my platform developed, and, and now I'm an I'm a abuse survivor as well as abuse, an abuse um, advocate or stop the abuse advocate. I'm a, you know, I'm for the mm-hmm. woman who wants to heal. Um, Amen. Because I know what I want out of life, you know. And and, and so it's so it's it's so powerful that you brought what you brought out about uh, you know, just just the abuse in general. How you say you, you and, and and to be able to channel mark and notate and see where your stories change, because I remember in literature class in college where uh, I can't remember his name, but he talked about innocence, innocence mm-hmm. lost, and innocence right. regained. Not that right. you regain innocence, it's just that you don't talk about when you lost it as much, you know. But I think that needs to be talked about, you know. Right. The, the unfortunate, I mean, well, 
that's, once again, if we if we refer back to Escape from Wonderland and, and Simone Harvey's story, there's a pathology in her story. Well, there's a pathology mm-hmm. in my life, and that's what I was able to relate to, which gave me um, it gave me that place to 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 escape into myself to be able to write the the work. Um, not only you know my own experience with abuse, but growing up in abuse, um, and even though I was young. And you know, a lot of people wouldn't think that being that age when I when the abuse was happening as a child, nobody would think that I would be able to remember it. But I've had the uncanny ability <laughs> to be able to re- mm-hmm. remember things as young as three mm-hmm. years old. So wow. the the pathology of abuse it has to be exposed because nine times out of ten it's not necessarily new to the victim. It's something that they allow because that's their familiar. Right, right. You know what? I I just recently heard that. I just recently heard that the other day, where the victim said that I had got so used to being around this person with that trust and so familiar with their touch to that when they crossed that boundary, I didn't know how to stop them. Right. You know, yeah. and I and I just want to, if I can, I just want to clear a situation or, or a thought up that most people who have not gone through abuse. Um, have asked the question, and I've been asked this plenty of times over the years, is that why did you stay? Um, And I think you and I discussed this one time when we just Mm kind of had a little impromptu conversation, and it's called the Stockholm Syndrome. That's right. And, you know, it's it's, it's a syndrome where you lose the ability ability to to run, to leave, and you Mm -hmm. stick with your abuser because that becomes you're familiar. It is a condition that you develop as well as... You become as, emotionally, emotionally attacked. That's absolutely right, Crystal. Go ahead. In your, in your own way. In your own way because it's still not healthy. And then you also mm-hmm. develop PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Mm-hmm, I thought... Mm-hmm. Uh, disorder. I thought that that was something that you, you heard about in the military. But you could right. walk the, you know, you could walk the streets of your neighborhood and have been in situations that were traumatic and ultimately, you develop PTSD. And it took me some time to lay on the couch to recognize these situations that mm-hmm. that, that, that mm-hmm. I was developing, developing my personality. Um, and so I just want to clear that up that, you know, yes, it's hard to believe for somebody who's never been in it, but there is a condition. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that you live with for the rest of your life. And it's unfortunate, but it's real. Thank God. And you, you know, know what? You know what? It's my God, you are you are just a um I don't know if it's navigator I don't know if you're a navigator, trailblazer, explorer, or just a, a, a SUV because you are really opening up some issues that need to be addressed because you know what? When you do mm-hmm. hear PTSD, the first thing people think about is veterans, military. But you're right. We got we we got some people walking around in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, and, and they're shell shocked. Because of a traumatic event that they went through, and mm-hmm. nothing, and and that's why that's why probably people are coming back shooting up schools, shooting up uh, workplaces because they're living with this PTSD, and no, and nobody knows sees the signs or symptoms, and you know it, right. it goes unchecked. It's definitely a mental disturbance, and it's mental disturbance, like you said back in the day, would have been you just crazy, and the first thing we wanted to send them to was where Minnesville. That was always got to go to Minnesville. You know, but, that that became um, that became the butt that became the butt of a joke, but it's so absolutely. real now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and I think we all could could really, um, if we were real, if we were truthful with ourselves first, and truthful with one another, we all have some form of mental disturbance about something or somebody, or some mm. situation that happened in our lives. That's why there's no judgment with me. And I don't allow judgment uh, at this stage in my life. I don't allow judgment toward me, you know, um, because mm-hmm. it was it was how my life went. But it, it created in me a voice that I was able to put into my literary work and ultimately pull from my imagination and create things that I pray still help somebody else. It's just it's just God. That's all I can give it to you. It's God that it's got powerful. me through that. It's God that's getting me through this. So the same mm-hmm. God that got me through through abuse, it's the same God that's going to that's gonna elevate me in, in his way. And that's what I'm excited wow. about. 
That's that. Amen. Amen. Y'all should get y'all should have gave me an amen on that one. I don't know what's going on with my staff, but I want my amen sometime <laughs> before it's over. Where my amen at? Can I get an amen? See, see, you're late. You're late. See, well, uh, Chris, you, you're 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 such a powerful individual. I, I am I am so proud of you and your uh, your new book. Escape from Wonderland. Where can we where can we get to, how can we get get our hands on your book? Okay, well actually let me go on and let you know that the actual book launch the book has been out for a month, but the actual launch is actually gonna be on June twenty third. Um it's at the Anthony Arms Clubhouse at sixteen ninety two Anthony Road here in Macon, Georgia. Um so on the twenty third I will have copies of the novel on me. You can also um, reach out to me on Crystal Clear E as an Edward N as a Nancy P as in Paul as Crystal Clear E N P at Yahoo. You can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, but you can get it from me first, and I can actually send it to your side and everything if you hit me up on my email of Crystal Clear E N P at Yahoo. Can they message you on Facebook to get you? Can they message you on Facebook or Instagram to get your book? They can message me on Facebook. They can hit me up on Facebook. I'm on the Crystal D. Tenneyman. You can find me on, the, on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn under Crystal D. Tenneyman or Crystal Clear, Editing and Publishing. You can find me under there. Um, I'm trying to think. If hey, you hey, message, hey you well, I, I t- Go ahead. I just said, if you're naked, you can come by the house. You might know where I live. <laughs> hey, and 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 if you if you really if you really want it and you you don't have any of those, we you can do some smoke signals. You can do a carrier pigeon, whatever Absolutely. you know, you, whatever whatever. You, hey, however you got to get it, do some smoke signals Absolutely. when you see you want the book. So I'll send a carrier pigeon with a, with some money attached to it. <laughs> we, we we got you, you know, we got you. Well. We're 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 excited about that. We're we're excited about that uh that book release party. Uh, do you have a do you have a follow up? Do you have a follow up in mind? Don't give us too much. Just you know, don't give us too much. Okay. You mean as far as you want as far as my next book? Uh huh. Absolutely. Well, I I I was start, I started writing on one book, and mm-hmm. I kept getting wake woken up, and I'm not saying if I'm saying the right way or not, but anyway. I kept getting phone calls like all hours of the night up until about twelve, saying mm-hmm. we need a physical. So <laughs> I'm gonna, gosh, and I'm, I'm I'm giving it away because that but it makes me it it makes me you have to go ahead and do it. But the follow up will be from the abuser. Wow. We want to we want to see the abuser's life. So I think I'm gonna go ahead uh, and let him talk. Uh, what his li- what his life like? Wow. Now that that made him the that, way he is. I touched on it a little right. bit in the book, so all of that. Wow, that's, yeah. that's that's powerful, man. I'm telling Chris, I'm so proud of you. We are proud of you, uh, man. We're just looking forward. This, this I know this book release party is going to be exciting. Of course, I'm going to be out of town. I'm like, oh, but you know what? I'm when I when I, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get your book. I'm going to read it. And guess what? We're going we're going to come back again. We're going to come back again, and we may have to do a. Uh, we're going to do an online discussion with some with some of the points in the book. You know, somebody okay. said something about I, – I, somebody on one of the posts, they was like, we need to do a, a book review or, a, you know, what do they call it when you sit around and talk about the book, a book discussion? Well, we're going to have to come back and do a book discussion on the air once I clear once I clear the books and get everything ready. But uh, we, have, we have really talked about a lot of issues tonight, uh, a lot of incredible topics from uh, abuse – to mental illness, to forgiveness, spirituality, uh, you know, and uh, I am so just uh, uh, filled with the fact that we've uncovered and opened up some discussion for some things people may be going through. And, uh, you know, we're we're uh, international, we're around the world, and there may be some people listening who may be dealing with hidden hurt. They may not know how to escape from uh, Wonderland, and uh, we have the author, Crystal Penniman, right here with us. So if you could take a moment, Crystal, and just minister to those people who may be hurting, who may be in a prison of pain, who 
may be embarrassed about their mental disorder or even their PTSD or not knowing how to forgive, if you could just take a moment just out of your spirit in your own way and just minister to them. Absolutely. Um, first of all, you have to, when you've had the, the, well, you've had a moment. You've had you've had moments where life has beat you down, and you kind of feel like life kind of gave you a raw deal, or dealt you a bad hand of cards, or however you want to look at whatever life has done. Um, you have to expose that stuff. Don't hold on to it. Expose it. Um, you can start in your church. Preferably, these churches are starting, uh, much like my own, to have uh, counseling in churches. Get you some counseling, and then at the end of the day, when you can kind of see your way past that forest and those trees, rewrite your story. Go back inside of yourself and and mm-hmm. go back to that place when you were the most healthy. And then you rewrite your story to what you would have expected it to be. And then live it. Pray about it. Get on your knees. Have some heart-to-heart talks with your God, your Father, and, and start to start to rewrite that story. And in the midst of that, I believe healing transpires. I've I believe that, that, that God gives us the desires of our heart because that becomes a passion for you to be healed from it. Don't carry that stuff, you know, for, for the rest of your life and ultimately inflict that pain on other people. Your PTSDs, your mental disturbances, your mental illnesses, those who don't suffer from that particular type of situation, help someone. Give them that word. Talk about it. Don't shut them down. Don't judge them. Don't criticize them. Let them. Let them be what they be and love them through it. Love them through it. You got to have the love. You got to have a support system because they're going to always revert back to why I'm not good enough, why I'm not loved enough. You can't, you just can't, you you can't get away from them. You can't let them go just because they don't think the way you do or experience the things the way you do or whatever. You got to give them God, give them love because God is love. You got to give it to them for them to rise above it and heal. Wow, Chris, you you said a mouthful. We just thank you so much for being here today. We thank you for just that those words of encouragement. Listen, listen, we have in here today our guest, Crystal Peniman, Miss Crystal Peniman, the big oak tree, the author of Escape (laughs) from Wonderland. Come on, give it up for her. Give it up for her. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's been a pleasure and a joy to have you on here today. Listen, I, I, we we look forward to we look forward to the book. Everybody, we've told you where you can get the book. We tell you how you can get a hold of Crystal. Crystal, anything you want to say as we get ready to sign off? I just say get the book, get the book. I hope you become <laughs> fans. I, I pray you become fans. This is this is my dream. Thank you for supporting my dream for those who have it already. For those who are going to obtain it, thank you for supporting my dream. And and, and just know that you know if, if it's if it's a, a unction in your spirit to get the book, get the book because God's trying to tell you something. <laughs> All right, we got it. All right, you heard it there first. Listen, I'm your host, Apostle Johnny L. Solomon. You've been tuned in to Strength from the Lions Den, and today my special guest again was Miss Crystal Peniman, uh, the author of Escape from Wonderland. Listen, and we talked about the hidden hurt. We talked about a lot of issues. We talked about a lot of things that people are dealing with and going through. So, listen, if that's you, if you're hurting, if you're in pain, if you're trying to cope, if you're you're trying to medicate it with more sex, you're trying to medicate it with more parties, more alcohol, more drugs, I'm going to tell you, my friend, it's not going to work. I've been there, done that. It's time for you to get some real healing. It's time for you to get some real help. Go get you some counseling. Turn to God. And I'm telling you, my friend, your healing is just a phone call. Your healing is just a person. Your healing is just an opening your mouth away. Listen, we appreciate you. Strength from the Lions Den, the Lion Among Lions, Apostle John L. Sound. I'll see you back here next Wednesday at 7 p.m. with another special guest, another special episode, and a whole bunch of inspiration. So in the meantime, in between time, let your roar out, okay? We're going to leave. We're going to go out like this, all right? Paul said you must have the faith to call forth those things that be not as though they were. Judge not according to appearances. Don't judge your circumstances and the possibilities for your future based upon what you have now. 
and because of what's going on now. No, 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 no. That's not the real reality there. What you're going through, if you're going through some hard times, it has not come to stay. It has come to pass. It's all right. Now, second thing is, repeat this after me. Something you should affirm to yourself every day. Repeat this, please. No matter.